2: Good morning, take three, a major decision from the FDA on whether to roll out Pfizer's booster shots expected as early as today, with approval for a vaccine for kids possibly weeks away. What it could mean for the fight against COVID with the dangerous winter season looming. Everything you need to know just ahead. United we stand, President Biden uses his debut speech as president at the UN to urge all nations to join forces against the threats of COVID. Future pandemics and climate change. We're opening a new era of relentless diplomacy. The president's daunting challenge as world leaders descend on the U.S. Backlash at the border, the White House under fire for its handling of thousands of migrants at that makeshift camp near the Texas state line. There's total
3: chaos, and the Biden administration, they need to up their game. Big time.
2: This morning, the growing crisis and the new investigation launched over these images of border agents on horseback confronting migrants. Homicide. Officials confirm the body found in a Wyoming campground is Gabby Petito. The manner of death suspicious and step up the manhunt for, for her fiance. Gabby's family saying Brian Laundrie is not missing, he's hiding. The latest in the case that's captured the nation's attention. Those stories plus roaring to life a massive volcanic eruption on the Canary Islands the first there in 50 years destroying homes and forcing thousands to flee the dramatic new images straight ahead and sweet and soulful tributes pouring in for beloved sex in the city actor Willie Garson.
4: Oh my God she's fashion roadkill
2: how the stars and fans of the show are remembering and celebrating his life today Wednesday September 22nd 2021.
4: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
2: Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. It's Wednesday morning. We're glad you're with us in the middle of the week. Yeah, and we do begin this busy
5: Wednesday morning with the waiting game on two very important fronts.
2: Absolutely. The FDA could decide as early as today on Pfizer's booster shot recommendation. And of course, parents coast to coast are also waiting for the FDA to weigh in on vaccines for kids under 12. All of this coming amid new concerns about breakthrough cases and are they being underreported? and could they grow in the months ahead. Tom is going to take a closer look at that in a bit but we're going to begin with NBC's Stephanie Goskin, those highly anticipated decisions on boosters and vaccines. Stephanie, good morning.
6: Savannah, good morning. You know, foot traffic at vaccination centers like this one has really trailed off in recent months, but that could change with the FDA making these two decisions. One, as you mentioned, for younger children to get the Pfizer vaccine, and then this issue over the Pfizer booster. A CDC panel will meet this morning to talk about it, and then soon afterwards, the FDA could make its decision. This morning, two big Pfizer vaccine decisions looming over the FDA parents want their young children vaccinated.
7: We're planning to vaccinate our five year old, so we have two like newborns at home and a three year old. If only we could get them vaccinated too. Pfizer saying
6: a smaller dose of its vaccine triggers strong immune responses in five to 11 year old kids. Authorization for those younger children could come before Halloween. This as other age groups want a boost to their vaccines. I'll be the
8: first in line.
6: The FDA's highly anticipated decision on the Pfizer booster is expected as early as today. But at a time when U.S. COVID deaths still average more than 1,900 per day, not everyone is waiting.
1: A lot of people I know are going out and getting unauthorized boosters. Uh, This, I think, really should compel the FDA to act more quickly.
6: Many taking boosters into their own hands after a month of mixed messages. The Biden administration supported boosters in August, saying they'd be widely available this week. They're not, and some scientists have disagreed over the need for them over the past few weeks. Even when the decision comes down for the Pfizer booster, those who received the Moderna or J&J vaccines will still have to wait.
1: This is not the situation where we want to be, where people are eligible or not eligible based on which vaccine they got. Uh, This is part of the problem of the process that the FDA is trying to manage.
6: Right now, only people with immune deficiencies are authorized to get a booster, like Sarah Ouellette. She got hers back in July
7: for people like me. We were jumping on being able to get our third dose.
6: But while the push grows for booster approval, the World Health Organization is urging restraint, asking for a moratorium on boosters to healthy young adults. So vaccines can go to countries that don't have them yet.
4: Let's focus on getting vaccines everywhere to save the lives we need to save. And then we can go back to the general concept of boosters.
2: So boosters is one thing we expect that decision as early as today. There's also a vaccine decision for kids looming probably weeks away. How soon do we think that could happen and and, you know a big question is are parents going to do it? Are they willing to take their kids right in?
6: Well Savannah the Kaiser Family Foundation has been tracking hesitancy for vaccines among parents and their latest numbers show that 26% of parents said they would give their under 11 year old the vaccine. Then there's that squishy middle of 40% saying that they will wait and see. 25% said they definitely would not. And then interestingly, 9% said they would if they were compelled. But it is also important to point out that these numbers reflect attitudes that are post this surge we've been seeing in pediatric cases because of the Delta variant. Savannah?
2: And there definitely has been a surge in these last few weeks as school started. Stephanie, thank you very much. The fight against
5: COVID was also a key part of President Biden's first address to the U.N. since taking office, a speech marking a major test of his power and influence with other world leaders.
9: NBC's chief Washington correspondent Andrea Mitchell joins us now with more on this. Hey, Andrea, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Well, on this second day of the U.N. General Assembly, President Biden is back at the White House, participating in a virtual summit on the coronavirus with other world leaders. It's all part of an effort by the president to reassert America's leadership on the world stage, despite a series of foreign policy missteps and skepticism from some allies. Ahead of today's virtual COVID summit, President Biden at the U.N. General Assembly declared the U.S. is ready to engage with the world again, confronting a series of global threats.
4: We will lead on all the greatest challenges of our time, from COVID to climate, peace and security, human dignity and human rights, but we will not go alone.
9: Delivering what amounts to a Biden doctrine, the president repudiated his predecessor's America First approach, which repelled many allies condemning the rise of authoritarian regimes around the world and stressing diplomacy over the use of force.
4: The U.S. military power must be our tool of last resort, not our first.
9: Without mentioning China, the president downplayed fears of another Cold War, while insisting the U.S. will defend its interests.
4: The United States is ready to work with any nation that steps up and pursues peaceful resolution to shared challenges.
9: Still, the president's message has been undercut by foreign policy crises, including the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan against the advice of some allies, and a growing rift with France, after the U.S. excluded its oldest ally from an agreement with the U.K. to equip Australia with nuclear-powered submarines, leading France to take the extraordinary step of recalling its U.S. ambassador from Washington. President Biden stressing America's special relationship with the U.K., meeting with Prime Minister Boris Johnson at the White House, the prime minister with Savannah Monday downplaying any differences with the president over Afghanistan.
2: There were reports that, as this collapse was happening, you tried to reach President Biden and didn't receive a call back for some 36 hours. Is that true?
1: Don't discuss my calls with other leaders. For the best of my recollection, we talked very frankly about the whole thing. and so we... you
2: didn't feel snubbed or not... SUFFICIENTLY CONSULTED AS THIS WAS HAPPENING?
1: NO, NOT AT ALL, NO.
9: THE RECENT FOREIGN POLICY CHALLENGES FACING THE U.S. HAVE PROVIDED PLENTY OF FODDER FOR ITS FOES, INCLUDING IRAN. THE COUNTRY'S NEW HARDLINE PRESIDENT MAKING HIS U.N. DEBUT SEIZED ON BOTH THE AFGHANISTAN WITHDRAWAL AND THE JANUARY 6th INSURRECTION, ARGUING THAT THE UNITED STATES HAS NO CREDIBILITY. Hoda. Andrea Mitchell,
2: for us there in Washington D.C. Andrea, thank you. And now to the growing chaos at the southern border. The Biden administration now says about a thousand migrants camped near Texas have been deported back to Haiti, but there are mounting questions over their treatment. Who is being sent home and who is allowed to stay? NBC's Morgan Chesky has been following the situation all week long for us there. Morgan, good morning.
3: Yeah, Savannah, good morning, and we are seeing a real-time fallout as these deportations only go up. In South Texas, three migrants had to be taken back into custody after breaking out of a Border Patrol bus. Meanwhile, here in Del Rio, thousands are still tired, hungry, and wondering where they'll go next. This morning, more than 8,000 migrants are waking up in limbo yet again on the Texas border. The makeshift camp of mostly Haitian men, women, and children is shrinking. Those left? knowing they could be deported back to the island nation some left years ago. Officials say more than 1,000, mostly single Haitian adults and some families, have already been sent back to Haiti. On a Tuesday flight, three ICE agents were assaulted after a number of recently deported Haitian men rushed onto another plane that had just landed. Back at the border, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott putting the blame for the crisis squarely on President Biden. The only thing that they've shown is an incapability of dealing with this crisis is total chaos. And the Biden administration, they need to up their game big time. On Tuesday, the president gave only this brief assurance after his speech at the United Nations. We will get it under control. Vice President Kamala Harris responding to these images that appear to show border patrol agents potentially whipping Haitian migrants with their horse reins.
9: Human beings should never be treated that way and I am deeply troubled about it.
3: The Department of Homeland Security stressing an investigation is ongoing. At a Del Rio shelter, we met Darny and Elude Seville. The young couple expecting their first child left Haiti after the devastating 2010 earthquake for South America. Now, after making it this far, their fear of deportation real. How is Haiti right now? It's terrible. You no know,
10: kids, are love of the streets, people with guns. Life is terrible. Very, 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 very terrible.
3: Government officials have said yes, that yes. it's safe to go back to Haiti. Nice no, life. As a family claiming asylum, officials say they'll likely be allowed to stay until their case is decided. But countless others who sacrificed everything could soon be starting over yet again. Yeah, Morgan,
5: you just mentioned there that officials are telling the migrants it's safe to go home, you're okay to go back, but how do they know that given all the turmoil, the previous earthquake, everything that happened there?
3: Yeah, Hoda, we asked Secretary Mayorkas that question when he visited Del Rio, and he says that officials conducted an assessment over the last few months and said despite the damage coming from that August earthquake, it was not as widespread as that devastating 2010 quake, and that's one of the primary reasons that, as of this point, they feel it's safe to fly those migrants from this camp in Del Rio back
1: to that island nation.
5: All right, Morgan Chesky for us there in Del Rio, Texas. Morgan,
1: thank you.
2: Craig's on assignment. We've got Tom Yamas with us. Hi, good morning. Tom. Hey, guys, morning. good
1: morning to you. Great to be here. For a fourth day in a row, lava is pouring from a volcano that's erupted in the Canary Islands. Look at this video, destroying homes and forcing the evacuation of thousands. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us with that story. Molly, good morning. Good morning.
10: Tom, good morning, that's right. Residents and tourists on the island of La Palma are not out of the woods. They are still dealing with new eruptions, more small earthquakes, all of that lava that we're seeing. And this morning, experts are warning, this could last for three months. This morning, unstoppable lava swallowing the Spanish island of La Palma. The volcano's so massive, it could last for months. Spewing clouds of ash and smoke and molten lava into the air, now racing down towards villages towards the sea. A drone overhead catching the moment a river of lava crashes into a swimming pool. Everything above the house, black and destroyed. It is like a science fiction film. The lava moving so fast at more than 1800 degrees Fahrenheit. The president of La Palma saying a wall of lava 20 feet high is consuming everything in its path. Fear of our life. We were running and uh, into the house, just packing uh, the documents. The first eruption on Sunday following thousands of small earthquakes or a swarm. And after another quake on Monday, more lava from a new vent that is blown open near the first one. MORE THAN 6,000 PEOPLE HAVE BEEN EVACUATED, INCLUDING TOURISTS, MORE THAN 180 HOMES HAVE BEEN LOST. WE ARE VERY NERVOUS, THIS WOMAN SAYS. YESTERDAY, THEY GAVE US TWO-AND-A-HALF HOURS TO PACK OUR ESSENTIALS. WE FEEL POWERLESS. WE CAN'T DO ANYTHING AGAINST A VOLCANO, THIS MAN SAYS. IT'S THE FIRST ERUPTION ON LA PALMA IN 50 YEARS, BUT SO FAR, EVACUATIONS ARE SAVING LIVES and officials say there have been no injuries or fatalities on the island. Now, what we're watching for today, those rivers of lava are heading down to the coast, which is much more densely populated, and experts are warning that if the lava actually spills into the sea, we could be seeing serious explosions and clouds of toxic gas Tom
1: okay a wild scene there Molly thank you
10: let's get our first check of the weather good
2: morning Mr. Roker Hello. Good to
4: see you guys unfortunately wish we had some better weather to talk about here in the east we're going to be looking at some severe weather uh, we've already got flash flood watches and warnings for 24 million people stretching from the Great Lakes all the way down into the southeast and we've got the risk of severe weather today w- east, Eastern Ohio into western Pennsylvania parts of West Virginia wind gusts tornadoes and hail kind of likely we're watching this system low pressure tracking through the Ohio River Valley today significant flood threat into the Appalachians then tomorrow that is going to push that low is going to push up into the Great Lakes but the front pushes east bringing heavy rain from upstate New York all the way to the east of Washington DC these strong storms are going to create the moderate risk of flooding from Detroit State College all the way down to Roanoke. we could be looking at rainfall rates of two inches per hour or more urban flooding and some minor flooding also but look at the rain we're talking Talking. Some places could pick up seven inches of rain or more, especially from the Appalachians on into Pennsylvania and parts of upstate New York, also back through the Ohio River Valley. And that is your latest weather. Hoda.
5: All right, Al, thank you. Uh, still ahead, the Gabby Petito case, now a criminal homicide investigation as the search intensifies for her fiancé. Just ahead, the latest on a potential sighting caught on camera 500 miles from his home and also what's
2: next for that investigation and then health officials setting the record straight on breakthrough covid infections just how common are they what do they say about the vaccines protections and why do doctors believe we'll see even more of them in the months ahead everything you need to know as we drill down on it. But first this is today on NBC. Mm
8: Okay, 7:30,
5: it's a Wednesday morning, so why are we showing you Pronto Pizza here in New York City? Well, for one, <laughs> it's just a few steps away from us, literally. And guess what happened there? Somebody walked into our Pronto Pizza Hello, sir. And (laughs) bought the only winning ticket for last night's $432 million Mega Millions jackpot. Who was that? I'm looking around the studio.
1: Actually, I know who that is. It's a guy named Frankie and he works at another uh, station and he's an audio tech. Yeah, he's a really funny guy.
2: Oh, I thought you meant you knew who got the ticket. No, no, I know.
1: But I will say, I will say it's right across the street. Who's not here?
2: That's what I was Wait, just doing. Who's not here
1: today? Scanning.
5: It's Jimmy. Scanning. Our cameraman, Jimmy? He's not here. You know what? Anthony. Craig Melvin's not Craig Melvin's
1: not here. Not Craig Melvin. If he announces he's running for governor of South Carolina, <laughs> know. we know, we know we he know. won the ticket. We know what
2: happened. I thought it was Anthony. Yeah. He, he got the ticket, but he loves this job he so loves much. He wouldn't even yeah, you <laughs> no, no tearful goodbye. All right, let's get to your headlines here at seven thirty. The House last night passed a stopgap funding bill to prevent a government shutdown at the end of the month. It was a party line vote; no Republicans joining Democrats in supporting that bill. The legislation would fund the government through December third, suspend its borrowing limit, and provide federal disaster and refugee aid. However. The bill faces a steep climb in the Senate where at least 10 Republicans are needed to defeat a filibuster and get it passed.
5: Former President Donald Trump is suing his estranged niece and The New York Times over a bombshell 2018 story about his family's wealth and tax practices. The $100 million lawsuit accuses Mary Trump of breaching a settlement agreement by disclosing his tax records. In a statement, Mary Trump said of her uncle, "quote I think he's a loser and he's going to throw anything against the wall he can. It is desperation." The New York Times says it plans to challenge that lawsuit.
1: And we have a new candidate this morning for worst first pitch at a baseball game ever, and it came courtesy of MMA star Conor McGregor. Take a look.
5: I didn't teach him how to play baseball, okay? What? Oh, <laughs> oh
1: <my. laughs> Just a bit outside. That ceremonial first pitch was thrown at Wrigley Field in Chicago before a Cubs-Twins game. And we think it's safe (laughs) to say Conor McGregor will not be pursuing a career in baseball anytime soon. That was a horrible pitch, but I won't say it to his face. No, 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 he's a tough guy. No, he'll be
2: like, great pitch, (laughs) sir. (laughs) (laughs) And I love your beard, too. Um, Also, this morning we're following some major new developments in the Gabby Petito investigation. Yeah, an autopsy has confirmed
5: the remains found in a Wyoming National Park are those of the 22-year-old. The manner of death is now listed as a homicide.
2: But there's still no sign of Petito's fiance, the sole person of interest named in the case. In a moment, we're gonna talk about that investigation with a former FBI special agent. But first, NBC's Katie, back on the story in Florida. For us again, Katie, hi, good morning.
7: Good morning. While the manner of death in this case certainly gives it new direction, the cause of death has not yet been released and it could still be several days before we get that final autopsy report. In the meantime, the search for Brian Laundrie intensifies. The FBI now asking for the public's help to try and find him. THIS MORNING THE GABBY PETITO CASE NOW CONSIDERED A CRIMINAL HOMICIDE INVESTIGATION AFTER A CORONER OFFICIALLY CONFIRMS THE REMAINS FOUND IN THE BRIDGER TETON NATIONAL FOREST ARE HERS WHILE IN THE FLORIDA SWAMPS
11: WE'RE OUT HERE searching FOR BRIAN LANDRY
7: WITH NO CONFIRMED SIGHTINGS OF GABBY PETITO'S MISSING FIANCE WHO'S CONSIDERED A PERSON OF INTEREST IN HER DEATH LAW ENFORCEMENT TEAMS RESUMED THEIR SEARCH OF FLORIDA'S 25,000 ACRE CARLTON RESERVE where Laundrie's parents said he went last week. Authorities are using drones, K-9 units, and all-terrain vehicles to access remote areas of the park.
11: Terrain's very difficult. Um, essentially, 75% of it's underwater.
7: The Okaloosa County Sheriff also posting this grainy black-and-white photo, captured on a trail camera that shows an unidentified male backpacking in the woods hundreds of miles away. The now viral photo led to an extensive search of the area, but came up empty. On Monday, FBI agents carried out a search warrant on the home Brian and Gabby shared with his parents. Laundry has not been charged with a crime, nor spoken to law enforcement. The cases captured national attention, with amateur detectives combing the Internet for clues and sharing tips and theories on TikTok and other social media platforms. Including this viral YouTube clip captured inadvertently by Kyle Bethune showing a white van similar to Gabby's near the campground where her body was found.
4: I saw the white van, you know, they're seeing flip-flops and the doors opening and, but I think it was very, you know, instrumental to get us to where we are at this point.
7: Authorities have not confirmed this is Petito's van. Petito's body was found under a small grove of trees on Sunday. Memorials for Gabby continue to grow both here in Florida and in the Wyoming countryside, where a simple cross made from River Rock sits as a silent reminder of a young woman taken from her family far too soon. After the autopsy confirmed the body of Petito, Laundrie's parents released a statement through their attorney saying, may Gabby rest in peace. Now this morning investigators are getting up to try and search again through that swamp. They say it's going to be another long day. We expect them to get underway within the hour. Guys.
2: All right, Katie, thank you. And joining us now is Brianna Fox, a former FBI special agent, now professor of criminology at the University of South Florida. Good morning to you. Mm -hmm. So if you are an investigator in this case, Mm -hmm. obviously they have this tip off, potentially this video. So perhaps he's still in this area in Florida, this swampy area as they describe it. But what would you be doing Mm -hmm. to try to track this individual down?
0: Good morning, Savannah and Hoda. Um, There's so much that we can do as an investigator, including trying to preserve any kind of digital evidence that may help us to understand where Brian's going. People that he may be trying to stay with, visit, or may even be a fan of his Instagram account and trying to provide help to him.
5: Yeah, he's been gone since September the 14th. So, tech, I mean, he's going to need to eat. He's going to need to sleep. He's going to need somewhere to hide out. So, he does need help. So, how would you go about pursuing those kinds of leads?
0: Well, obviously, for food and shelter, you need to have credit cards or at least support through cash assistance from somebody. So, all of that leaves these digital trails. Being able to pull those financials, pull the digital communications, either between Brian and a fan or Brian and somebody who's willing to support him, this could probably be somebody in his inner circle. Not a lot of people would be willing to do that for somebody who's a known fugitive at this point um, without being able to be in their inner circle. Something I didn't
5: quite understand was he was a person of interest for a while. He was with his family, and yet somehow... He managed to disappear. How come the police just didn't keep a closer eye on this guy?
0: Well, it was tough at that point being a person of interest and not a suspect. He did not have any legal justification to either stay there, you know, within his house. Um, he was able to freely travel. So while it would have been better to have an eye on him, at that point, it was not a requirement. So we got uh, the official
2: identification that it is indeed Gabby Petito who was found in that Wyoming park. The the, the officials labeled it a homicide. That's the Mm -hmm. manner of death. They did not say the cause of death. Now, the autopsy will come later, so perhaps that's the reason why. But could there be an investigative strategy? Could that be a tactic? Don't say the cause of death. Um, Don't reveal that quite yet.
0: Well, oftentimes investigators keep things to themselves that way that they are able to investigate and know that the true killer I would have that knowledge and it wasn't publicly broadcast. Um, but in this case, if there's any uncertainty about the manner of death, they'll often leave it ambiguous. That way they can investigate and get that information and fill it in with accurate information.
5: What are the chances that he is not alive, that he took his own life, that they're looking, they're on the hunt for someone who is not alive anymore?
0: Well, it seems like there's only a few possibilities. One is that he's still in hiding and there's a lot of area to search. So that is a possibility. But another is that unfortunately both Brian and Gabby passed in this incident. And if that's the case, we will never know perhaps what exactly happened to Gabby. But we also may not know what exactly led up to the incident that night. So there's a lot of reasons why we're hoping to find Brian.
2: All right. Former FBI Special Agent Brianna Fox. Thanks for being with us this morning. We appreciate it. Coming up, a new warning about breakthrough COVID cases
5: as we we enter the fall season, plus why doctors say they actually show vaccines are doing exactly what they are made for. But first, these messages.
4: Hey, everyone. It's
3: Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call.
2: We're back, 742, In Depth Today, and this morning we're taking a closer look at breakthrough COVID infection. Yeah,
1: so many people are talking about this. Health officials say COVID cases in the fully vaccinated, and this is important, are statistically rare. But given the spread of the more contagious Delta variant, how concerned should we be? NBC's Tom Costello has been looking into this for us. Tom, good morning. Hey Tom, good morning to you. So part
11: of what makes this complicated is the fact that there is an undercounting of COVID infections among fully vaccinated people. And that's because the majority of vaccinated people have either asymptomatic or mild cases and never get tested or never require hospitalization. It also indicates that the vaccines are still doing exactly what we want them to do, substantially lower the risk of severe illness or death.
4: Hey guys, um, I'm out of the hospital. I was in there for three
11: days. COVID hit me really hard. With celebrities, athletes and politicians sharing their stories of contracting COVID even after being fully vaccinated, it may seem like so-called breakthrough cases are becoming the norm. While it is a small but growing number, many experts say the term breakthrough incorrectly implies
8: that the vaccines don't work. There is no vaccine in the world that completely protects you from every infection. Importantly, what they are supposed to do is to protect us against severe disease. So just how many COVID cases
11: are there among the fully vaccinated? Tracking can be difficult, partly because the CDC no longer tracks many asymptomatic and mild cases. But the agency does monitor hospitalizations and deaths from so-called breakthroughs, which indicate just how rare terrible outcomes really are. As of last week, the CDC says just over 10,000 required hospitalization with slightly more than 2,500 deaths among fully vaccinated symptomatic COVID patients. That's a tiny fraction, though, compared to the more than 180 million Americans who are fully vaccinated and more than 675,000 overall COVID deaths just in the U.S. Still catching the coronavirus can be concerning for anyone. Kathleen Hips received two shots of Moderna's vaccine last spring, then contracted COVID in July.
2: I really didn't think I was that sick. It just kind of felt like a typical cold,
11: and then it just kept deteriorating. Despite getting sick and having some lingering symptoms, Kathleen is still grateful her bout with COVID wasn't worse.
2: I have two little boys. I can't imagine them growing up without a mother. I can't imagine how much worse it would have been for me if I had not had
0: the vaccine.
11: Some experts are warning we could see more breakthrough cases in the coming months, partly because vaccine immunity is waning for some, also due to the ongoing spread of the Delta variant, especially among the unvaccinated. It's also why vaccine makers are pointing to data that they say shows booster shots could be a helpful tool in preventing more cases in the fall. But other scientists argue that while protection against mild disease may somewhat decrease over time, the vaccine effectiveness at preventing severe disease or death endures.
8: These vaccines are amazingly protective against getting severe disease, landing in the hospital and dying from COVID.
1: Tom, you just mentioned there the breakthrough cases and severe disease. But what do we know about the likelihood of becoming one of those so-called COVID long haulers from a breakthrough case?
11: It seems to be rather rare that breakthrough cases turn into long haul cases where people are sick for months on end. Yet a new study out of the British Medical Journal, The Lancet, finds fully vaccinated people with breakthrough cases are 50 percent less likely to experience long haul than the unvaccinated. And as a reminder, long-haul COVID, as we've reported many times, can be debilitating. Lung and heart issues, brain fog, but again, far less likely in people fully vaccinated who contract
1: a breakthrough case, guys. All right, that's good to know. Tom, thanks for that.
5: Time to switch gears, guys, and why don't we get a check the forecast. Hey, Al, how's hey it guys? looking?
4: Well, right now, temperature's fairly mild. We're not looking at anything all that terrible. In fact, we expect to see uh, really significant temperatures that stay below average here in the east behind this cold front. St. Louis is going to be 7 degrees below average at 71. Birmingham going to be below average. Little Rock, even up into Detroit. And as we move on into tomorrow, we're going to see those cool temperatures head east. Charlotte, Elkins, Detroit, Chicago, even back to Memphis, below average temperatures. We do see temperatures starting to moderate a bit, but St. Louis, by Sunday, you'll be at 82 degrees, 80 in Nashville, 75 in Cincinnati, same in the Philadelphia, temperatures in the mid-70s, same for Boston as well. For today, the eastern third of the country, that's where the action's going to be, severe storms, especially up through the Great Lakes, moving into the northeast. We're going to be looking at beautiful weather all the way from the upper Great Lakes down into Texas with a few showers in extreme southern Texas. That fire risk continues out west, hot and dry through the southwest. Nice and cool. Seattle today, 68 degrees and sunny. And that is your latest weather, guys. All
5: right, Al, thanks. Coming up, an unlikely running role model. And boy, will she put a smile on your face. We're going to meet the mom who's become a star on TikTok. She is brutally honest about her marathon training, and she's going to let us tag along (laughs) on her morning job. I'm in love with her. Yeah, we are. Let's go. But first, these (laughs) messages. (laughs)
2: Welcome, hi Carson, he joins us just ahead. What does it mean to Michael Gandolfini to step into his late father's most iconic role? He will tell us when the star of the new Sopranos prequel joins us live, right here in Studio 1A. And
4: coming up on start, we'll celebrate the life of Sex and the City's beloved scenes dealer, Willie Garson.
10: You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around.